hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report, and I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. This week has been absolutely dominated by news from Washington. There was a historic march on Sunday, January 23rd, and then uh, U.S. Senate panel testimony, five hours continuously on Monday, January 24th, and then a bustling news cycle with um, analysis afterwards. Uh, this was uh, probably the most tense time so far of the pandemic response from those who are independently evaluating the data and who have independently provided opinions. And many helped out. I can tell you personally, I was on a whirlwind tour. Supporters started by helping uh, look after uh, elderly people in my home so I could leave. My wife and I left uh, to join Mr. Wayne Rohde in Minneapolis, and we gave a presentation uh, with Dr. Scott Jensen, who is running for governor of Minnesota, in a packed Minneapolis hotel ballroom, a thousand plus individuals, all grassroots medical freedom advocates, and we went over the data on safety and efficacy of the vaccines and the importance of early treatment. I got on a plane Sunday morning and we raced to Washington. Security detail picked us up at the airport and we made it just in time to the Lincoln Memorial. It's almost like it was a movie, but it was happening in real life. What was going on is there was a crowd and the estimates are from 30,000 to 60,000 had started at the Washington Monument and they had walked along the reflection pole all the way to the Lincoln Memorial, and they had gathered peacefully on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and I was uh, ushered forward uh, to hear basically the start of what was an electric event. I want to give you uh, just uh, a flavor of what this was like uh, to be on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and face a crowd, face America, and through the media tell what we what was going on uh, throughout the course of the pandemic, what was in our mind, where things had went wrong, and where we need to go from here. But just to open it up, this is what it was like. This is Jimmy Levy in high res. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. Children, they can't go with 
pill, get killed, the ignorant living in And this was the opening speech. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a scientific reawakening. This country has been wrecked by a virus that's been here for two years. And the doctors who stand in front of you early on in the pandemic used all their clinical skills and knowledge and compassionately treated each and every high-risk patient to the best of their ability to prevent two bad outcomes, hospitalization and death. And they have demonstrated through the totality of their work, both clinical, research, and from an ecologic perspective, they have demonstrated that the vast majority of hospitalizations and deaths that occurred in this country could have been prevented. What was the shortcoming? What was the shortcoming? The shortcoming is we never had a full-throated endorsement from our government agencies, the CDC, the NIH, and the FDA, nor the White House Task Force. Not once, not once did we hear a full-throated endorsement for doctors and healthcare providers. We have a million doctors in the United States. We have half a million nurse practitioners and physician assistants. Not once did we hear an endorsement for our best and compassionate care to each and every American. In fact, we heard the opposite. Through a series of statements, a series of actions, there was effectively a chill put on early treatment. Those efforts that were being put forward by the best doctors in America, those efforts were impeded. And it effectively amplified fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death. And it affected the most vulnerable people in our society, our seniors, our people of color in this country, they were adversely affected in the most severe and in some cases the most final way. I can tell you as we sit here today, there are 227,000 papers in the peer-reviewed literature in the National Library of Medicine cited in PubMed. Of those, 94,000 involve the outcomes of hospitalization and death. Of the totality of papers, there are only 1,400 papers, and I know because I've published them with this group on the stage in front of you, many of them, that outline a pathway to treating patients in order to prevent hospitalization and death. And by treatment, we reduce the intensity and severity and duration of symptoms, and by that mechanism, we reduce the probability of hospitalization and death. We have only heard a two-pronged strategy. One is to stay in lockdown, wear masks, social distancing, and wait for a vaccine. That's what we've heard the entire time. Now, there's not a single person here 
that is against the broad use of vaccines as we use them in our clinical practice, myself included. But when the vaccines were in development, we knew it was a gamble. I published that it was a gamble. It was a gamble of a lifetime, if not a gamble of all time for humanity. And what you're going to hear today is you're going to hear the careful vetting of the risks and the benefits and the totality of what we are looking at today. And I want to finish with a final thought. And that is we have three critical circles that all of you are in today. We have a circle of medical freedom. You have the freedom. You and you alone have the autonomy over your body. You have the freedom to determine what happens to your body. That is your sole possession. In many ways, it's the only thing you really have. That is your possession. That circle of medical freedom is inextricably linked to a, a circle of social freedom. And that social freedom includes your family and your employment and your faith and involves your um, uh, uh, your overall citizenry in any country that you reside, in any state that you reside. And that is inextricably linked to the circle of economic freedom. Medical freedom is linked to social and economic freedom. If we allow the circle of medical freedom to even be touched, let alone be broken, all the circles fracture. They all do, and it crumbles. The writing is on the wall, and the determination to preserve medical freedom is in your hands. It's in your personal hands. It can't be any more clear. This moment cannot be more decisive. So join me and join these heroic doctors and nurses and others in helping bring America home. Thank you. I can tell you that's going to go down in the personal history books for me in terms of just an emotional experience on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with that huge crowd and all the emotion, all the passion flowing over such a large mass of people. It's a cold winter day. We had our gloves on, our scarves on, and the intensity built. Listen to this impassioned speech by Del Bigtree, who's the CEO of I Can Decide and the host of The High Wire. Oh, man. We did it! Here we are, president accounted for. I just want to say it's a great quote because of this great man that sits on this seat behind me. Abraham Lincoln once said, we the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts, not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. We've heard from doctors and lawyers and people from all walks of life, every race, creed, religion, spiritual orientation, sexual orientation today, 
but here as a journalist, an Emmy award-winning journalist, I want to talk to the television cameras at NBC, at MSNBC, at Fox, at CBS, and I want to say shame on you. You had a right to tell the truth. We have an oath that we've made, just like scientists and doctors made, to tell the truth. And instead, you foisted a, a lie upon the United States of America and the world. And mark my words, we will hold Tony Fauci accountable. We will hold Deborah Brooks accountable. We will hold Joe Biden accountable. But unlike the Nuremberg trials that only tried those doctors that destroyed the lives of human beings, we are going to come after the press that lied to the world, that worked as a propaganda machine to push this. These people here today represent the majority of the United States of America. Your lies could not win. You only got 60% of this nation to take the vaccine, and most of them were under duress. That means more than 50% of the nation are not listening to you. And for those of you, for those of you that say, well, I did what I had to to protect my job, just know that was the same argument made by the Nazis that were tried. And for those of you that are standing here today, quietly, I know who you are. I know you work for the New York Times. I know you work for the Washington Post. And you are here trying to support us quietly. You should have written about us. You should have told the truth. And I have news for you. That job that you're protecting and these liars that you work for that I once worked for, I wasn't afraid to walk out. Instead, I came out to tell the truth. And I have news for you. The show that I created and that I speak on every day where I share the truth to over six million people per episode. That's right, six million, which means my audience is now bigger than yours. And it's growing every day. The truth always prevails. We are victorious in truth because we are endowed with one great power, the power of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not given to us by this capital or by this government, but by God himself. We are the light warriors. We were the representation of our God, our God that inspired our founding fathers to write the greatest document for freedom and liberty that has ever been created. And you are trying to destroy it. Yes, you the media, and you the doctors that have gone along with it, and you politicians that refuse to listen to the people. Well, now you are running for the hills. The UK has left you. The world is leaving you. And in this stupid city where you're still pushing a vaccine mandate, you will go down. We are on the right side of history. God said to us, I have created you in the image and likeness of myself. And scientists are supposed to challenge every single idea. It's the scientific method. And the journalists of this world, we are supposed to adhere to that exact same mandate. We are the fourth estate. We are the fourth branch of government endowed with that power by our founding fathers. And where we do not tell the truth, where we bow to those that pay us, instead of challenging our government, challenging the lies, challenging the industry that is trying to take our nation from us, Instead of doing that, if we lie, then we are the disease, we are the pandemic. So as the media, as the media that owns that television, 
I don't care that pharma is paying you. I don't care that Joe Biden rolled out $4 billion to try to stop this. You have failed. Recognize it. Get back to the people. Get back to your master, which is God and not pharma, not man. I want to take this moment right now, all of you unmasked super spreaders of truth. Take this moment to realize that we took something for granted. We never thought they would actually go after it. We never thought they would take it out of our schools. We never thought they would take it out of our churches. But it is standing here. It is alive today. It is represented by every one of us. It is called freedom! 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 It is so amazing. They now know that we are no longer a fringe group. We are no longer a thorn in their side. We are the leaders of the free world, and we are standing with our brothers and sisters who are marching like this all over the world. This was not, this was not a world war of one continent against another, or half a nation, or half a world against the other. For the first time in history, the governments of the world bowed down to their makers, their makers of man and money and profits. They bowed down and attacked every citizen in the world. So now the people rise up. Now we take back our nations. Now we make the statement that has always needed to be made. We stand for God. We are courageous in God. Because though we have walked through a dark valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. We fear no evil. We fear no evil. We fear no evil. Because thou art with us. Thank you. <coughs> That's absolutely a speech for the ages. That was Del Big Tree. And I can tell you it was electric. Del was electric. And I was absolutely honored to share the podium and share the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with Del Bigtree of the High Wire. And next, uh, introduced by comedian TJ, who was the moderator, most people know him with his wild red hair, is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., someone who I featured on the McCullough Report, and I had a chance to meet and spend time with on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and you have to hear this speech. And thank all of you for coming out today and braving the cold to stand up for democracy and for our children and for the United States Constitution. The orchestrated confusion and fear by manipulating PCR tests and overamplifying them by changing the metrics on how death certificates are calculated. The complete absence of any good information on case fatality rates or infection fatality rates or all the things that our public health agencies ought to be telling us so that we can individually with our physicians evaluate the risk 
and treatment and prophylactic protocols. We weren't given any of that information. The information that we were given was badly, badly manipulated. And so now we're left saying, what really happened? We weren't told, for example, that there was a stage stratified risk. That people who are over 70 are a thousand times more at risk from COVID and those under 70 and that children have a statistically zero risk. We were manipulated and the press was manipulated and telling us all that every American faced the same threat as elderly people. And that meant that we could not have a rational response that protected the vulnerable and protected people in our livelihoods, our culture, our political freedoms, our constitutional rights and our values, which are all ultimately public health issues. Now, the one data point that in all of this confusion, the fog of war that they created and orchestrated to sow confusion, to sow fear, to make us compliant. The one data point that everybody should know and that we have to regard as reliable because it's the data point that Pfizer gave in its submission to FDA to get its license. We know a lot about the Pfizer vaccine, more than any of the other vaccines, because the Pfizer, Pfizer vaccine is the only vaccine that has a license. And until they get that license, they do not have to produce their data. So the only data we really have that's reliable is the Pfizer data. And by the way, there's a half a million pages of granular data which Pfizer and FDA have refused to produce because they say it's too burdensome. These are the data that they reviewed for 108 days, but they say they can't show it to us for 55 years. So they promised they were going to have, because they were rushing the process, they were going to have complete transparency. But what they meant is they're going to have complete transparency in 55 years. But we want it now. Oh. So I'm just going to briefly tell you to review for you the one important thing that you should know from Pfizer's own data, which is the section of the submission to FDA where they talk about all-cause mortality. And what they say in that data, which Steve Kirsch, you can go to his blog and you can see a really good explanation of it, but here's what it says, it's very simple. Of the, over the six-month period of the study, 
They, they ended the study in six months. They told us it was going to go for five years. They ended it in six months. They unblinded it. And they gave the vaccine to the placebo group. So we will never know the long-term impacts of this vaccine. But here's what they said what happened in those six months. Of the 22,000 people in the vaccine group, 17 of them or 21 of them died over the six-month period. Of the 22,000 people in the placebo group, only 17 died. What that means, if you extrapolate it and consider it reliable, which Pfizer says it is a reliable predictor of the performance of this vaccine, what that means, and this conclusion is inescapable, that if you take the vaccine, you have a 21% increased chance of dying over the next six months. Now, what happened was in the vaccine group, one person died of COVID of the 22,000. In the placebo group, two people died from COVID. That allowed Pfizer to tell the FDA and the American people that this vaccine is 100% effective because two is 100% greater than one. And that is a metric called relative risk. It is a deceit. The important thing for people to understand is absolute risk. And here's what absolute risk tells us. They have to give 22,000 vaccines to protect one person from death from COVID. And if you're going to give 22,000 vaccines to prevent one death, you better make sure the vaccine doesn't kill anybody. Because if it kills one person, you have canceled out all the benefits. But as we saw, 21 people died in the vaccine group and only 17 in the placebo group. So where did those excess deaths come from? The answer to that question is heart attacks. In the vaccine group, there were five fatal heart attacks in the six-month period among those 22,000 people. In the placebo group, there was one fatal heart attack to the 22,000 people. So what that means is if you take the vaccine, you're 500% more likely to die of a heart attack over the next six months than if you don't. And it also means that every life they're saving by averting a COVID death, they are killing four excess people with heart attacks. Now, the vaccine now is in the marketplace. And what we've seen is the data points that we are seeing confirm the fact that people are dying of heart attacks. As Steve said, there's been a million injuries recorded in VAERS. 
There have been 20,000 deaths, more deaths than all vaccines combined for the last 36 years. So, what is CDC's answer and Tony Fauci's answer to that? Is they say, and this is what the press, like a bunch of stenographers and automatons, will repeat again and again, is, well, the VAR system doesn't work. Well, it's their system. It's the only system they got. We didn't make up the system. They made it up. And they've known for 36 years that it doesn't work. And that's their fallback position, is the system that we gave you to protect you from vaccine injury is so broken and so unreliable that it can't be used for any purpose. Well, the 1986 Act, Congress ordered HHS and the industry to create a working surveillance system that would allow us to be able to calculate and estimate accurately vaccine injuries and death. So for 36 years, they've been breaking the law. And in 2010, they finally said, oh, okay, we'll design a system that works, a surveillance system. So they created a machine counting system that captures about 90% of vaccine injuries and deaths. And the study, I'm going to quote you studies because I know this has never happened to you before because you've been listening to CNN and, and HHS. So you're not used to hearing about scientific studies, but science actually is determined by doing studies formally before we appointed one man to be the science. Oh. oh, HHS did a study in 2010 that they were going to roll out to all the HMOs. They studied one HMO, which is the Harvard Pilgrim, which is up in New England. They were Harvard scientists. They spent millions of dollars. They studied the system for three years, and they had a pilot system that they designed that would capture all the vaccine injuries. At the end, the study, which is called the Lazarus Study 2010, they came back and said, we designed a system that works like a charm. It picks up most vaccine injuries. And guess what we found? There, when we compared it to theirs, we found that VAERS is missing more than 99%, not 99%, more than 99% of vaccine injuries. What did CDC do? They looked at that, and that study said that one out of every 39 people who got vaccinated with any vaccine on average were suffering an injury. CDC was telling the American public it was one in a million. They were lying. And so what was their solution? They shut down that study. They stopped the rollout. 
They put it on a shelf, and they've been keeping it there for 11 years. And now the system that they knew was broken 11 years ago, they knew only counted 1% of vaccine injury 11 years ago. Now they're telling you it it is overestimating vaccine injuries. Those 20,000 people didn't really die of the vaccine. Those 100,000 people weren't really injured. Well, there are a lot of studies that show that theirs doesn't work. I can see that. There's not one scientific study that shows that it overcounts vaccine injury. Every study shows it undercounts them by 50%, 80%, 90%, 99%. No, if somebody tells you from the press, theirs can't be counted on because it overestimates vaccine injury, say, show me this study. They cannot. There is no study that does that. Now, I want to make my last point was the point that brought us all together. We are all from different political orientations, from different political parties, from different assumptions and backgrounds, from different races and creeds and colors. We are here for one reason. We love the United States of America. And we know, and when we say that we love the United States, it means a lot of things. It means we love our history, we love our neighbors, we love our communities, we love our values, we love God. We love all kinds of, of versions of God. We, but most of all, what, and we love our Purple Mountains majesty, the landscapes that form the basis for this country. Uh, most of all, it means we love the United States Constitution. And we have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, the controlled demolition of the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And starting with the censorship. And James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. If you if you give government the license to silence its critics, you have given them the capacity to commit any atrocity they want and to obliterate all the amendments and rights of the Constitution. Oh, as soon as they got rid of freedom of speech, they went after freedom of religion. They closed every church in this country for a year with no regulatory process, no public hearing, no demonstration of science, no scientific citation to show that it was going to do any good. They kept the liquor stores open as essential businesses. 
But I remind you that liquor stores are not mentioned in the United States Constitution, and churches are. They took away our property rights and closed a million businesses with no due process, no just compensation. They took away jury trials. The Seventh Amendment says no American shall be deprived of a right to a trial before a jury of his peers in cases or controversies that exceed $25 in value. There is nothing else. That's all it says. There's no pandemic exception. There's no war exception. There's no any exception. And yet they have passed, I won't even say a rule, just because there was no rulemaking, just a policy. And you cannot sue any company, any of these large multinational corporations that claim to be involved in countermeasures. No matter how reckless their behavior, no matter how negligent their conduct, no matter how grievous your injury, you cannot sue that company. They have a license. To, these are criminal companies, by the way. These are serial felons. The four companies that make all of our U.S. vaccines for the children's program, Pfizer, Glaxo, uh, Sanofi, and Merck, have paid $35 billion in criminal penalties for hundreds of violations and damages in the last 10 years. These are the companies that gave us the opioid crisis. It kills 56,000 children a year. More American kids every year than the Vietnam War killed in 20 years. These are not good citizens. These are criminal enterprises. And now you're taking away any economic or legal incentive for them to behave? What do you think they're going to do? You think they found Jesus suddenly? And they're going to take care of us and our children and they're suddenly concerned with public health? So I'm just going to skip to the end now and hear the closure of Bobby Kennedy's speech. But you can clearly tell the passion and the emotion uh, of his message to Americans regarding uh, the criminal nature of the pharmaceutical industry. Every time you comply, you get weaker. The hill that you're going to die on is the hill that you're on right now. And they're coming for our children. And every time they push you back, when you say yes, because you think, if I just do this, we can all return to normal. Every time they, they talk you and fool you into, bullies cannot be appeased. It just encourages them to new forms of torture and torment. Every time you say yes, you're getting pushed back to a weaker position. That's why we need to resist today. You, all of you in the crowd, I thank you, I love you, you came out on this cold, cold day to do your duty for the United States of America. Let's go and fight for freedom and let's return to our build back for our children, the America that our, children, our parents fought and died for. Thank you very much.
Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Do you have long COVID syndrome or potentially a vaccine injury? We know both of these uh, have the common elements of prolonged spike protein from the SARS-CoV-2 virus in the body. We don't know the ways to treat this, but I can tell you as a doctor, nutritional support with a broad base of vitamins and micronutrients available in a rapidly absorbed gel pack is the way to go. I'm talking about Healthy Cell. Go to HealthyCell.com, look at their entire array of products, see which ones can fit you, talk to your doctors about it, and give it a try. Go to HealthyCell.com, and in the promo box, put in out loud for 20% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is McCullough Report. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Invincible American spirit drives the most audacious experiment in the history of self-government. America Out Loud celebrates the American spirit every minute of every day. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Loud Talk Radio. We're picking up on the back half of the McCullough Report dedicated issue to the March on Washington and the D.C. mandates. Uh, the, the the crowd was unbelievable. I can tell you the human emotion that I felt uh, was extraordinary. People reaching out in the crowd, their hands were basically trying to touch me as I was ushered by security personnel through the crowd. And it was just, uh, it was an amazing experience. I'll never forget it in my life. We will not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the revolution. We will not comply with the institution's sick illusion. No, it won't be televised. Welcome to the revolution. Now you heard on the front side uh, from myself, I gave the opener. And then uh, Del Bigtree, uh, who's uh, the leader of the High Wire, 
and, uh, and Robert F. Kennedy, leader of the Children's Health Defense Fund. I wanted to pick up on the back half with a wonderful presentation from a guest who's been on the McCullough Report, Dr. Robert Malone. He's a preclinical scientist. He's a consultant now, a vaccinologist, and holds a lot of the intellectual property on the development of messenger RNA vaccines. And he's someone who took the vaccine himself. He's been injured by the vaccine. He was alongside his wife, uh, along with me and many of the courageous, heroic doctors that have been on the McCullough Report on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Let's hear from Dr. Robert Malone. In March of 1963, a great man came to Washington, stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial right there, and changed the world by speaking from his heart about his dream. Simple words that continue to resonate through time. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. The simple truths are what matter most. Honest words smoking from the heart can change the world. I'm a physician and a scientist, highly trained and experienced in developing vaccines and other medicines. But I've also been a carpenter and a farmhand. In my life, my wife, my family, my friends, and my treasured horses have provided all that I could hope for. It's not been an easy life, and I've seen hard times, as many of you have. In walking my path, I've traveled from the arrogance and hubris of youth to arriving at awareness that peace and happiness flows like a fountain, from a commitment to kindness, good works, and striving to help others. I come to you with an open heart, as a physician committed to healing, bringing three simple words, each of which ring like bells in the soul of honest people. Integrity, dignity, community. Integrity is a commitment to truth in what you say, how you live, how you treat others. Dignity flows from respect for ourselves, for each other, and for the world we live in. Community is what binds us together to each other and gives our lives purpose and meaning. St. Augustine, the doctor of the Roman Catholic Church, famously said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose, it will defend itself. Harry Truman, a warrior against war profiteering, something we could use more of now, famously said, I just tell the truth and they think it's hell. These are my truths and I believe they're self-evident. We should not have politicized the public health response to SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. Regarding the genetic COVID vaccines, the science is settled. They're not working. They are not completely safe. Now we have Omicron. These vaccines were designed for the original Wuhan strain, a different virus. 
Whether they made sense for protecting our elderly and frail from the original virus is irrelevant. So let's stop arguing about that. We must look forward. These vaccines do not prevent Omicron infection, viral replication, or spread to others. In our daily lives, with our friends, with our families, we all know this is true. These genetic vaccines are leaky, they have poor durability, and even if every man, woman, and child in the United States were vaccinated, these products cannot achieve herd immunity and stop COVID. They are not completely safe, and the full nature of the risks remain unknown. In contrast, the natural immunity which healthy immune systems develop after infection and recovery from COVID is long-lasting, broad, and highly protective from disease and death caused by this virus. If there is risk, there must be choice. This is the fundamental bedrock truth of modern bioethics. All medical procedures, vaccines, and drugs have risks. All of us have the right to understand these risks and to decide for ourselves whether we willingly accept those risks. To deny this is to deny human dignity. I wish to speak about evil. Evil has many roots. A willingness to, to deny human dignity is one of the largest of those roots. In our hearts and in our souls, we know this to be true. Although I'm a physician who is deeply committed to the Hippocratic Oath, I'm above all a husband, a father, and a grandfather. I ask that you allow me a moment to speak to you about our children and about our fundamental responsibility to protect them. If nothing else, we must nurture and protect our children. It is job one. It is your job. It is my job. It is not their job to protect us. During the last two years, our society and our public health response has failed to protect them. Many things that our public health system has demanded we do to our children has directly harmed them. Self-harm, suicide, and drug abuse in children have taken off around the world. Anxiety, bullying, intimidation, coercion have become the norm. Measured IQ in the very young has dropped. Fundamental childhood delays are easily measured. And physical, both physical damage and death of our children from injecting them with genetic vaccines in order to protect the elderly from a virus is 
is occurring. As a parent, those that are parents are going to be parents. It is ultimately your responsibility to protect your children. If they're harmed, if they're harmed by these genetic vaccines, you are the one that will have to take care of them. And you will carry the burden for the rest of your life and theirs. On average, between one and two thousand and one and three thousand children that receive these vaccines will be hospitalized in the short term with vaccine-caused damage. Only the passage of time will we know what long-term damage may occur to these children. The vaccines do not protect our children from becoming infected with Omicron. They do not prevent infected children from infecting others. In contrast, the pharmaceutical companies and the government are almost fully protected from any damages these products might cause to them. <coughs> if your child is damaged by these vaccines, you will be left alone with both your grief and the burden of care. These genetic vaccines can damage your children. They may damage their brains, their heart, their immune system, and their ability to have children in the future. <coughs> Many of these damages cannot be repaired. So I beg you, please, get informed about the possible risks that your children may be damaged by these experimental medical products. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Think for yourself. Because it's your responsibility, your responsibility, to protect and nurture them. If they're damaged, <coughs> no state governor, no public health official, no television doctor will be there to help you. You, your family, and your child will have to carry the load yourselves. Finally, I wish to leave you with hope. We will get through this. I sincerely believe that we can break through the effects of the madness of crowds, the mass formation, the effects of the legacy media and big tech promoted fear and psychological manipulation which have deeply distorted public health policy. Omicron is destroying the approved narrative that the vaccines are safe and effective and that early drug treatment does not work. The dark winter predicted by our president and pushed by fear mongers of the media is failing to materialize. I recently returned with my wife Jill from a trip to Europe to work and learn with doctors Gert von Nimbasha and Matthias Desmond. I was reminded once again by them as I'm reminded by all of you 
that Americans are fundamentally good people. The world still believes in the American experiment in self-governance. The Davos oligarchs have demonstrated their gross incompetence to all the world over the last two years. They have neither right nor ability to govern America and Americans. We are a free people. And we have governed ourselves for almost 250 years now, <coughs> based on a constitution developed by self-reliant farmers, tradesmen, shop owners, and landholders. These forefathers rejected a foreign monarchy and oligarchy and instead created and fought for a political structure which remains an inspiration for the world. A shining city on the hill, Camelot. When I was very young, a brilliant man said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what, ask what you can do for your country. This is our country. We own this amazing gift, but we must defend it if we wish to keep it. Today, I ask all of you to keep that brilliant young man's words in your mind and heart. We can all be leaders, and now is the time to step up to the task. We will survive this and we will overcome these hardships if we can just keep these three simple words in our hearts. Integrity, dignity, community. So fight for your children. Do not comply. I thank you so much for your time and attention. I think you'd agree with me that these are some incredible speeches, incredible people on the stage for America to see. I couldn't be more proud as an American. I couldn't feel uh, that this is a more pivotal time in our country. As I told Americans, it is a decisive time. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report.